You're listening to Tip That Scale, a podcast for those laid off, bracing for one, or simply ready to make a career transition. Whether an active or passive job seeker, this podcast is for you. Today's episode is part two to Behind the Scenes, a recruiter's view. Rarely do we see or hear what happens with recruiters and talent acquisition in the hiring process. Ron and AJ are giving you more insight into their world so you can better prepare and navigate the resume submission and interview process. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes uh, as for you as recruiters and in talent acquisition and talent attraction. I like to add talent attraction to that as well. I always, I I know a lot of candidates and this is just kind of normal. Um, People get a little bit nervous for the phone screen. My question, are are y'all nervous when y'all are screening? Are y'all nervous when y'all are screening candidates? I've done it so many times that I'm not. Um, I think when you go to a new company, the only, the nervousness you'll experience is until you know the nuances of the company, right? What type of, what are the, what are the questions I'm going to get hit with potentially? But after you do a few interviews, you, you kind of hear those, you learn what the responses are, the company responses that you would need to get back to them. But in terms of just speaking to somebody and asking the questions and, and going over the meat of the um, job description, then no. Uh, and once you also get to a point that you're comfortable with saying, I don't know that, I probably should, or I just don't know it. Let me get that and I'll get it back to you. Once you get uh, comfortable with that that response, there's really nothing to be nervous about, especially once you get used to just, and I enjoy that piece, just talking to different people, new people, learning from them, um, what their backgrounds are. And there's always an opportunity to learn something new in a conversation. So I, I look forward to those. I'm, I'm the same way. I, I actually enjoy having conversations with, new people because they're always bringing a new perspective to me right um i've never really been afraid to go just talk to random people even when i'm out and about i'll just start having a conversation with anybody about anything and it it is a skill Mm -hmm. right like it's not something that you can just jump in and start getting to do and you're going to be comfortable right off the bat but like ron said after you've done it so many times right it's again i've been at this for 13 years ron you've been in it for like 25 years it's just after a certain period of time it just becomes like it's second nature so candidates shouldn't be nervous talking to you either uh i wouldn't say that (laughs) i wouldn't i wouldn't say be nervous i i think you treat it like it's like anything right the recruiter is going to have to do some level of preparedness on the front end well you know what are what are the pay ranges on this thing? What are the skill sets needed? All those things. And, and you should already know the things about the company. You do your homework. You definitely should look at the person's resume, know their background, know what, at least some outside of your normal questions you're going to ask that are, you should ask those that are specific to that person and their background. The same thing with a candidate, which I, I don't see, like I said, I haven't seen in a while now, but I think you will have to start seeing more now is, more preparedness on the front end by the candidate. You should absolutely know more about the company. You should definitely know what's 
what the job is asking for and have some specific questions for it. Otherwise, you just make yourself an easy target to 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 kill off uh, in the process and let the recruiter take someone else who did do those things. But yeah, you shouldn't be nervous. Just be prepared and, and have a an engaging conversation. Have a um, just a, a, a recruiters. I think, from my perspective, don't enjoy the robotic. Here's quick, you know, just quick, blah blah blah. They like it. They like to see one that's gotten a personality because they're going to sell that back to that manager. Hey, this was one of my, this was a great conversation with this person. They had a great personality. They were easy to talk to. I always included that in my write-ups at the end. If they did or 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 it was a struggle, uh, the managers may or may not care for a specific role, but I, that's definitely something I include in my in my write-ups is to let them know what their personality type was, what their engagement level was, uh, especially if they're going to be engaged with internal customers or external customers. The manager's going to want to see that. So make it fun thing, and ask questions. Yeah, one thing I will say to every candidate is, is just know that a, a lot of what's going on right now mm. through the eyes of a recruiter, they themselves are panicking. They don't know when they're next. And so even if you're probably not getting the best personality or attitude from the recruiter because they've got a lot of things going on in their back end as well they're being asked to do more for less and it's causing burnout it's causing a lot of different things but irregardless of the perspective of the recruiter and what their personality is at that point make sure you put your best foot forward irregardless mm -hmm. smile be happy understanding of what's going on and be very meaningful and thought out when you're actually giving your responses, mm -hmm. right? Show them who you can be. And let's just say, for instance, you have a recruiter that you're talking to when you're interviewing. They don't have the best attitude. See if you can switch it around for them. Yeah. That's going to go a long way. They'll remember you for that. Organizations need to understand that TA and recruiters are the window into your company. Mm -hmm. So how you're treating them is going to go a long way. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. That's across, I think that's across the board from an employee employee standpoint and from a customer standpoint. How you're treating your sales team, uh, that can make or break how they respond to customers. And it, we know everybody's a customer. I mean, let's just talk about who's making these decisions right now with what's going on in the market. A lot of those decisions are being made by individuals that are not forward facing. Mm -hmm. They're so far up the ladder or so far behind or dejected from what their core business is, is that they don't understand that your sales teams matter. Your recruiting teams matter. If you're talking about the growth of those or your organization, those two teams probably matter more than a good 60 to 70% of your organization, right? Mm -hmm. and, and what I mean by that is, is in order for you to grow and to say that you're growing as an organization, it, it, it deals with headcount, right? Who's bringing those people in? Mm -hmm. And who are these people seeing first? It's not the respective hiring manager or the director or the CEO, Right. Sure, they can go online and look at reviews of these individuals, but who are they talking to? Mm -hmm. If you have a recruiter or somebody in TA that's just waiting 
for their layoff. What do you think their mindset's going to be? Mm -hmm. And like you said, the growth of an organization, you start questioning how well an organization is doing based on what this recruiter or the salesperson is going through right now. Right. Or let's just even talk about your marketing teams. Oh, yeah. They're the ones that are putting out the commercials for you, putting out the flyers for you. If that person is excited, if that person is extremely happy where they're working, what kind of marketing material are you going to get versus from someone that's not? Right. All of these are external facing individuals. So with what's going on in today's environment, you're probably going to see a lot of people, even when they get a new opportunity, they may be happy that they got a job, but then they, in the back of their mind, that stigma is always going to be there. It's like, well, are these guys going to do the same thing? How do I do it? It's it's kind of gotten into a doggy dog type of situation. And so like, what kind of individuals are you creating right now? You should be thinking about that as the C-suite level. The, the last question I want to ask you both, since we're behind the scenes of what, you know, what goes on from a recruiter standpoint, we know you've talked about recruiters doing more for less. Um, for less. I know Ron has talked about... Um, you mean quiet hiring? Huh? No, no. We'll get <laughs> that. Well, let's get to that one before I ask my wrap-up question then. What's quiet hiring? Doing more for less. Oh, is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Expecting your internal teams to take on added responsibilities without giving them a title, without actually giving them a pay increase, and telling them they have to because that's what the company is requiring of them now. Hmm. We've talked about the barriers. We're you've given folks and candidates um and a look in behind the scenes, because we know that as candidates, we think we know, and there's a lot of different barriers. And we're not, I, I would throw in some of the unconscious bias that comes with recruiting, but that's, we'll save that for another, uh, another podcast episode. What else do you want candidates to know from the standpoint of a recruiter, not just how to apply, but you know, like what, what, what's it like really being a recruiter, not just now where we we're seeing a lot of layoffs. We've seen a lot of layoffs in the talent acquisition and recruiting space. Are there anything, any other things you want candidates to know just about the process from a recruitment standpoint. Any other thoughts you want folks to know behind the scenes, behind the veil, the recruitment process? They're just as mentally affected by all what's going on right now as you are. And it's very difficult for them to find the right candidates right now. And sometimes they do make mistakes. We're all human, mm -hmm. right? Just know that when you're going through the vetting process, this isn't personal. Mm. Um, the biggest difference between what's going on is, is that they're still employed trying to do the best that they can with what they've got with limited resources and limited time. And now this doesn't mean this is for every organization, but 
Well, a lot of people don't understand that when recruiters, it's it's a it's a it's like a mixture of multiple different skills. You have to be good at sales. You have to be a good company representation. You also have to be able to have critical thinking ability when you're looking and talking to a particular candidate and understanding what could, maybe they're not a fit for this or they might be a fit for this and having to be able to do those types of things, right? The interview process is just as difficult for them in a different capacity as it is for you. Ron? But I think I think recruiters are probably uh, in a position now to where they are more conscientious of not making mistakes. They're, you know, AJ mentioned it, right? They know any day they could get tapped on the shoulder and say, hey, we've cut hiring to a point that we just don't need. If we're not hiring, we don't need recruiters and we're there and it's you. Um, I think they're going to be more careful I think like anything, when you're not worried about your job, you know, you, you you probably are willing to take more chances. In this space now, they're probably all gripping the bat a lot tighter and, and, and not willing to make mistakes. So they're going to be more careful. They're going to probably rule out people that they would have looked at before taking a chance or submitted or so. They're going to be slower with their processes. Um, so I think you're, you just have to take that into consideration, not that there's no better feeling for a recruiter for most recruiters than to put the right person into the right position, the candidate be extremely happy and the manager be extremely happy and making that marriage. That's a great feeling. It's also a great feeling knowing that even when you work with the other candidates, maybe your runners up or other candidates that came through the pipeline that you saw and you're like, man, this is a good looking candidate. Let me see they don't fit this, or we've already got somebody that fits this. Can I put them in another spot or refer them to somebody else? Recruiters by nature or, or good recruiters should like helping people. There should be a great level of satisfaction that comes from helping other humans. Um, mm -hmm. So I think to their core, that's the goal for them. So they're, <laughs> and, and you have to remember that, right? Their goal is that AJ said, don't take it personal because they don't know you when they see your resume. Uh, it's not personal for them to skip you or uh, move past you for the opportunity. They're doing the best that they can to try and bring that pool down to a manageable group and get that right person in front of that manager. That's their goal. Uh, you can definitely, so you definitely should not take it as, like you said, um, something against you. Keep replying. I mean, I, I know I would see multiple candidates come through for multiple different jobs or multiple different times, even sometimes the same job. And <laughs> sometimes that made me take a look at them. Hey, maybe I missed something in this. This person think, obviously thinks they're a fit for it. Let me go look at it again. Let me dig a little deeper. Let me go stop them. Um, let me, you know, on LinkedIn. So keep trying. It's, it's just not personal. And again, they are, recruiters are in a really compromising position right now, trying to keep their job and help others get a job themselves at the same time. Okay. We have now gone behind the scenes with two recruiters mm -hmm. to let us know exactly what happens on the back end. We may have to do this from the hiring manager standpoint, but I think that would be hard since so many hiring managers are different based on the organization and the roles that they have available and the roles they recruit for. So, um, all right, thank you. This is awesome. 
And it's something that I know a lot of candidates, a lot of people, and I keep saying candidates, I'm just say people, folks who are looking for jobs, whether it's full-time, part-time, uh, even contractor, contractor roles, they don't know. We don't tend to talk about what the other person goes through, put ourselves in the shoes of the other person. So I hope this has been helpful and insightful for anyone who really wants to understand the recruiter's position as we're looking at hiring in this very challenging time. I'm gonna just say challenging time. I'm not gonna say very, this challenging time. So uh, I appreciate it. It was helpful for me. There are some things that, um, that I've gathered from this for notes and also for future episodes that we can expand on. So I appreciate you. Thank you. That's a wrap on Behind the Scenes, A Recruiter's View, Part 2. It's not often we get insight into the responsibilities and challenges of other departments, especially as a job candidate. I appreciate AJ and Ron sharing their experience and their insight about their responsibilities as recruiters and members of the talent acquisition team. One of the points made that stood out to me was how recruiters are ambassadors of their organization. They are the first point of contact that solidifies the brand and offers connection to the company's culture. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Tip That Scale. Make sure you like this episode and don't forget to follow and subscribe.